Welcome to New Season Ministry with Evangelist Jeremy Cook. We hope today's message will challenge, encourage, and uplift you in your walk with the Lord. Enjoy the message. What do you do tonight, church? When as pastor so eloquently pointed out on Sunday as he was ministering, when the attacks just come against us, when it seems like that it's just an onslaught. You ever been there? Where it seems like, where it seems like that, that you take one step forward and there's two steps back, that there seems to be a resistance that is there. It seems like that you conquered one thing, but now here's another. What happens? What do what do you do in those moments? Well, I got to thinking about that last night as I was getting ready to go to bed and the Lord brought me to a very familiar portion of Scripture. And you've heard this before. Preachers have preached this before. I want to share some things with you tonight about when you find yourself under attack. When you find yourself under attack. Because the Bible is going to tell us in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we are told about a man who comes under severe attack. About a man who, he is the king over Judah. He is the man that God has appointed for this moment. But he gets word that the enemy is getting ready to fight. The enemy is coming against him. The enemy is coming against the people of God. The enemy is going to surround them. And as a matter of fact, and, and not in this portion, but there is a there is a uh, there is a there is another story about another king where they sent word that the enemy is going to come against them, and the enemy has the audacity to say, "And what is your God going to do for you? What do you do, church, when you feel like that you're surrounded?" On all sides. Because in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 1. The Bible says that it came to pass after this also. That the children of Moab and the children of Ammon. And with them other besides the Ammonites. Came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Now it is one thing to have one enemy trying to take you out. But when you have three enemies that are trying to take you out, I'm telling you, that's a bad day. When word gets to you, when word gets to the king, hey, I'm bringing me and I'm bringing all my friends with me and we are going to take you out. Why is it so, why is it so important? Because my brothers and sisters, what I read here and what I see is that this came at a critical moment in Jehoshaphat's life because Jehoshaphat 
just rededicated himself to the work of the Lord. He just renewed his vision because not everything that Jehoshaphat did was in order. As a matter of fact, he created the league. He created a covenant with King Ahab that God told him he should have never had done. But when, when he repented of that and got in covenant with God, immediately the Bible says after this, the enemy came against him. And my brothers and sisters, the enemy will try to figure out a way in your life, in your family, in your church, in your finances, in your health, that when you start making a move towards God, when you start making a move towards the things of God, when you realize that, hey, I'm going to draw closer to God, I'm going to renew my commitment, I'm going to renew my vision, the enemy will try to do everything that he can in an onslaught against you. As a matter of fact, the enemy will devise things and will devise and will devise plans. And what he will do, Brother Johnny, if he, he'll say, hey, well, that didn't work. So if I can't get that, if I can't take them out this way, I'm going to take that. I'll try this over here. And if I can't get them, if I can't get them to surrender here, I'll try something over here. And the enemy is always looking for something to be able to take us out. Am I talking to anybody in this house tonight? And so the Bible says that this enemy is coming against Jehoshaphat. This enemy is fighting against Jehoshaphat. It's saying all of these people have made a lead to do one thing, and that is to take out the people of God. It's to take out, is to take out Judah. And Jehoshaphat does not know what to do. Jehoshaphat does not does not have one idea what he needs to do. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been to the place where you're trying to follow God faithfully? You're trying to do everything that God outlines in your life, but you do not understand what, where the attack, why the attacks are so heavy in, in, in your life, why the attacks are so heavily in, uh, in your family or in your ministry or what have you. And listen to what the Bible Bible says in verse 3, Jehoshaphat feared. He was afraid. He didn't know what to do. And I want to tell you something. I'm not here to be anybody up that at times I have, have, have thoughts of concerns or thoughts of fears. Listen, I understand what the Bible says, but here is the thing. Sometimes they creep up on us and we have to learn to take those things into captivity. We have to learn how to take uh, cast down all the imaginations that tried to exalt itself above the Lord. But Jehoshaphat knew what he had to do. He understood, he understood that he could not do anything in and of himself about this problem. So what did the Bible say that Jehoshaphat began to do? The Bible says that Jehoshaphat sought the Lord. He began to cry out to God. He began to seek the face of God. He began to say, God, I'm coming to you for help. And here's what he did. He gathered everybody around him. He got he got them from the oldest to the youngest. 
He got them from, he got them from every nook and cranny of Judah. And he said, listen, we're all going to come together. And we're all going to seek the face of God. And we're all going to pray. And we're all going to fast. Because I don't know what to do about this enemy. I don't know. Okay, I feel the Holy Ghost right now as I'm talking about this. Because see, here today, you and I may be facing things right now that we have no idea how we're going to overcome them. We have no idea how we're going to get through them. And that's okay. We don't have to have the answers to everything. Because I know one that's got all the answers. I know one that I can run to. Because the Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are saved. I don't have to know how I'm going to pay my bills. Because my father owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He owns all the silver and gold. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is the Lord our banner. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord God our healer. I don't have to know everything. I don't have to have it planned out. I don't have to have all the eyes dotted in the T's cross. When I don't know what to do, I ought to seek my face to seek the face of God and say, God, here I am. I don't know what to do. I don't know, but I know where to turn to. I can run to my spiritual father, my God. I want to preach to somebody in this house. It may feel like that you're surrounded by the enemy, but run to your spiritual father and say, I don't know what to do, but I'm coming to you in this house. Oh. Oh. Verse 4 said, Judah, gather themselves together to ask help of the Lord. All the cities of Judah came together to seek the Lord. Because see here, I want to tell you, they recognize the power and the greatness of God. Because Jehoshaphat begins to pray. And as Jehoshaphat is beginning to pray in verse 6, he's going to say, O Lord, God of our fathers, are not thou God in heaven? Are you not the one? That raises up kings and sets down kings? Are you not the one God that spoke all of this into existence? Are you not the one that caused galaxies to come into me? God, are you not the one that called that created the stars and called them by name? God, are you not the God? You not the God that told the ocean you can only come this God, are you not the God? I feel, I feel his help in this house today. God, are you not the God that set the earth on its axis in perfection? I don't have time to preach that. But set the earth in its axis in perfection. God, are you not the one that can handle all of this. God, are you not the one that has all power and might so that none is able to withstand you? Oh, oh I want to tell you right now, you need to get a bigger picture of the God it is that you serve. Oh, you don't serve some weak, anemic, spineless God that cannot do anything about your situation. 
got a God that can part red seas. Oh, I feel like preaching right now. You've got a God that can cause the meal and the oil can never run out. You've got a God that if needed can find you in a T-bone stick every evening through, a, through the mouth of a raven. If he's got to give you something to drink, he'll take you down to the brook so that you'll never, so that you'll never go thirsty. Oh, if you need if you need your, if you need a financial blessing, you serve a God that can cause you to go fishing and pull up a fish and find money in this mouth. My goodness, I wish somebody help them preach in this house. You've got to understand it's not about how big your problem is, it's about how big your God is. I want to tell you that there's never been a giant that God couldn't bring down. There's never been a sickness that God could not heal. There's never, there's never been a disaster that God couldn't bring hope in the middle of it. There's never been a prodigal that God could not bring out. I want to tell you it's not about how big your problem is, it's about how big your God is. You want to reshape your focus and look under the hills from which cometh your help. Your help comes from the Lord. Oh, is this okay for a Wednesday night? Listen, what you need to do sometimes is do what Jehoshaphat did. You need to rehearse your history of God's greatness in your life. We forget too much. We've got a children of Israel complex. I mean, think about it. I mean, seriously, think about it. This had a fine tuned message. The Lord just began to speak some things in my spirit. I just wrote them down in the margin of my Bible. But we've got a we've got a children. Sometimes we've got a children of Israel complex. What are you talking about? Well, they were in bondage. They were in bondage in Egypt and saw the power of God. Saw God bring the back of Pharaoh. So one by one, how God, Jehovah God, made every Egyptian God crumble before his feet. Oh, you don't believe it? Study it out because you'll find out that every that every plague that God sent in the book of Exodus, all those ten plagues represented God, that Jehovah God may crumble at his feet. God delivers them and brings them to the Red Sea, and what do they start doing? They start complaining. They forget. They for, they had forgotten what God had just done for them. And instead of understanding the fact that if God could break the back of Pharaoh, God could deliver them through the Red Sea. But instead they murmured and complained. Then God, in His mercy and grace, delivers them, and they come to the bitter waters of Mar. They just see, they just see God break the back of Pharaoh. Just saw God part of Red Sea, but they forgot all of that. As soon as they come to their next problem, and they begin to murmur and complain that the waters of Mar is bitter, and so God says, "All right, I've already shown you what I can do, but I'll even take care of this for you." My goodness, I feel like preaching. I'll even take care of this for you. And he commanded Moses to throw a stick into the bitter waters of Mara. And the bitter waters became sweet. 
and they began to drink. But at every step of the way, at every problem that they came to, they began, they would forget what God had done previously for them. But can I, and that is the reason why for 40 years that they had to wander around in the wilderness and forfeit the promise. My goodness, I, I, I was, I'm preaching to somebody in this house. I want to tell you that's the reason why that they forfeited the promises of God and they all died in the wilderness because they couldn't remember what God had done for them. Because if you remember what God did for you in the past, you'll be able to see what God can do for you in the future. You'll be able to see what God can do for you in the future. And some of you need to think about what God used to do, what God did for you in the past. And if he did it for me in the past, you can rest assured that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he'll bend, he'll heal you today. If he provided for you then, he'll provide for you now. If he took care of you then, he's going to take care of you now. And the awesome man said, oh, I remember what you did, God. I remember how you delivered him out of the Red Sea. I remember where you took him to. I remember what you did for the children of Israel. I remember how you healed. I remember how you delivered. And some of you in this house tonight need to rehearse in your history and in your memory about the great things that God has done for you. Some of you have been healed. Some of you have, God has brought you out of some horrible things. You need to remind yourself of what God did for you. And God's not going to leave you to perish in this battle. Harvest time, I want to tell you right now, God's not going to leave you and he's never going to forsake you. He's going to go with you. Oh. Mm. Okay. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You got to understand something. All you can talk about is your problem. If all you can talk about is your problem, you'll forfeit what God wants to do in your life. Mm -hmm. Now listen, I'm not saying, listen to this preacher, I'm not saying that don't get counseled on any of those things. But if you speak more about your problem than you do about the greatness of God, there, there were times growing up in my house, in my mom's house, we didn't know, Sister Shield. We didn't know how mama was going to put food on the table. We didn't know how rent at times were going to get paid. But never one time did I ever hear my mom pace the house and say, well kids, I don't know what we're going to do. Matter of fact, with no food in the kitchen, She'd start setting the table. Because she remembered how God provided in the past. And she understands that God does not change. As a matter of fact, he would tell Malachi, he said, I am the Lord and I change not. Neither your sons of Jacob will be consumed. And so she wasn't consumed then and she wasn't going to be consumed then. And while she stuck all soul right now. While she would set the while she would set the table and she would begin she would begin to sing. She'd sing those old songs like we say tonight. She'd sing that old Dottie Rainbow song that said I'm trusting to the unseen man. I don't know how you're going to do it, God, 
but I believe that you're going to do it. I don't see a way, but I know that's okay. I don't have to see the way because you're the way maker. I don't have to understand how it's going to get done. That's not up to me. I'm not called. You are. She'd be singing that when all of a sudden a knock would come at the door. And she'd come and open up the door, and there'd be somebody standing there with a bag full of groceries and said, Oh, I don't know what happened about an hour ago. Oh, I, 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 the Lord spoke to me and said to bring these to you. And, we, and, my, and my, my mom would begin to shout and speak in tongues uh, all up and down the hallways of that house because God came through again. She understood that God was not going to fail. My goodness, I'm going to preach, I'm going to prophesy to this house. Right now, I want to tell Harvest time right now that God is not God's not gonna leave you and God's not gonna forsake you. If He provided then, He'll provide today. We don't have to have all the answers, we don't have to understand everything. We may not understand where the finances are gonna come from, we don't understand where the people are gonna come from. It's up to God Almighty to figure it out. This is His church. It's not my church and it's not your church. It's not for us to figure it out. It's for God Almighty. He said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail again. Oh! Oh, listen. Verse 13. Is this okay tonight? Verse 13 said, And all of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. What that tells me is that they wanted to make this generational. I don't have time to preach a long time right there. The harvest time is to be careful. I believe that we're on the verge of becoming a generational church. Where it's not about just about the old. It's not just about the young. It's not just about a type. It's about just seeing God move. Yes. And when you get everybody together, listen to this, because when the Bible says in verse 13 that all, there was nobody in Judah that said, I don't know about that. That ain't, that ain't my cup of tea. They ain't singing my, my kind of song. That ain't my type of preaching. Listen, I, I, I get it. I get it. I just kind of speak from the heart of this for a second. I get it. Listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. I think Pastor and I compliment each other very well. I believe that. All right? He doesn't preach like me, and I don't preach like him. You want to know something? That's okay. And here's the thing. I understand that not everybody likes my style of preaching. There was a time, Pastor, that bothered me. They don't bother me anymore. You better get used to it. I'm going to get loud. I'm going to walk across pews. I'm not saying, I'm not. Is that okay, Pastor? Right here. But here's the thing. What we've got to understand something is this. When it said all of Judah, all of Judah put their preferences aside. Because they understood something. They understood. They understood that, hey, listen, if we're going to hear from God, if God's going to move in our midst, we've all got to be on the same page. 
If God's going to fight this battle for us, we've all got to be on the we've all got to be on the same page. We all got to be in the spirit of unity. Why? Because when, when we are in, oh my goodness, how good and how pleasant it is for brother and sister. To be together in unity. Can I tell you when the church gets together in unity, the oil begins to flow. The anointing of God begins to flow. The Spirit of the Lord begins to move. That's the reason why in the book of Acts they were all in one mind, in one accord, and one place. And it was at that moment when they were in one accord. You know what that means? That means that they were in harmony. That means that they were all together. They were all, listen, some of them might have been playing different notes. But that's okay because, in order to be in harmony, you have to have different. Oh, I pray you better than shout right now. But it was when they came into a chord, all of a sudden, it was a beautiful sound in heaven. And he said, You know what? That's like music to my ears. And so I'll send them a sound. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Harvest right. You want to see a move of God? Get into the unity of the Spirit. It's not about you, it's not about me, but it's about the kingdom. Of God. You may not like my style of preaching, but that's okay. You may not like our style of singing, but that's okay. It's not about you and it's not about me. It's about seeing God move in revival. And I say, God move in this house. Whoa! <laughs> Give him praise in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was then. It was then when they sought the Lord. It was then when they rehearsed the history of God's gratefulness. It was then when they got into the unity of the Spirit. That the Spirit of the Lord began to move. Because in verse 14, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says that then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, a Levite of the sons of Asaph came the Spirit of the Lord and set on him. The Spirit of the Lord began to move and came upon him and this prophetic word came out. And he said, Hearken, you all Judah, you, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed by reason of this great multitude for the battle was never yours to begin with. It belonged to God. Oh, I'm about to have a spell in this house right now. He said, tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, and then here in verse 16, God gives the plan of the enemy away because it says they're coming up by the cliff of Ziz. You shall find them at the end of the brook. You're not going to need to fight in this battle. Just set yourselves, stand you still, and see the salvation of the Lord, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, be not dismayed. But just tomorrow, the only thing I ask of you is just go out. Because if you'll go out, I'll show you what I'm getting ready. Oh, okay, here we go. See what happened there? It was a God put the man on their faith. You don't want me preaching that right now. Oh, well, it's harvest time, let me tell you. In the case, sometimes we hear a promise from God that God's going to send in the harvest. But if we just sit back and say, well, God, you said it, so I'm just going to 
sit here and wait for it to happen. No ma'am and no sir. He said, listen, you don't have to fight this battle, but I want you to go out there. What happened? He said, listen, I'm putting a demand on your face. You can sit in the house if you want to, but you won't see what I'm doing. You won't see what I'm doing, but I want you to go out. And I tell you, when they got up and got ready to go out, it was a sign and it was a symbol to the Lord that I put an action to my faith. Can I tell you right now, what you need to do is you need to put some action to your faith. Because James said, faith without works is dead. Faith, oh, faith without works is dead. Put a, put a sound, put a, put a sound to your faith. Oh, you may be sick in body, but why don't you get up and march around? your house and say by his traps I ain't healed. I know I don't see my healing yet, oh, but by his traps I ain't healed. Oh, I don't say I don't see my prodigal coming home yet. I don't see my husband being saved. I don't see my wife being saved. I don't see my children being saved or my grandchildren being saved. Oh, but I see them coming in. I see them coming in. I declare that they're coming in. I prophesy that they're coming in. I want to tell you when you put a sound to your faith, when you put faith and obedience together, nothing is impossible to you. Oh. oh, listen. So let me ask you this. You see, that's it's all well and good. So let me ask you this, church. Whatever you're going through, whatever the, whatever the problem is, because here's what they did. The next morning they get up. Jehoshaphat appoints worshipers to the front line of the army. And they go out. That tells me something, Pastor. But that tells me, or that asks me the question. Can I praise him in the middle of my battle? Can I praise him in the middle of my battle? Can you praise him despite what you're seeing? Can you praise him despite the doctor's report? Can you praise him despite what the bank account says? Can you praise him, harvest time, can you praise him despite the empty pews? You see, we're good about praising God after the fact. But God's not looking for somebody to praise Him after the fact. If the only time that you can praise Him is when He's done something for you. Okay. You see, the children of Israel, years ago, I heard David Wilkerson preach a fantastic message. About the children of Israel at the Red Sea. And about how when God parted the Red Sea, Miriam got the tambourine, and all the people started shouting and praising the Lord. And he said that was the right song, but it was on the wrong side of the yes. sea. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Oh, it's easy. Mm. It's easy to praise him. When the healing comes. And we ought to praise him. It's easy to praise him. When, there's, when we've got plenty of money in the bank. We should praise him. For that. 
But can you praise him when you don't even see it? When you, when those children are still acting crazy, when your family's still acting crazy, and your heart's still breaking, and to yourself there's no end of this in sight, can you still praise me? Because I'm going to tell you what that does. Because Jehoshaphat and them begin to go out and they begin to sing. They had no idea what God was getting ready to do. All they knew is they heard the word from the Lord. Now listen, oh, thank you Holy Ghost for reminding me. I want to tell you this. Jehoshaphat feared. Remember we read that at the very beginning of this. He feared but once the word of the Lord came, fear was despair. Now, let me just say this and I'll, I'll move on and finish my thought about praise. I don't fault people necessarily for fear. But once you come to an understanding of what the word of God has to say about your situation, man, and what the spirit of God has to say about your situation, don't you dare let fear rob you. Yes. 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 Still, I see it as an evangelist for all sorts of different things. I want God speaks to them. The Holy Spirit speaks to them. The Word of the Lord declares over their situation. And I'll still hear them as I walk out the door. Speaking fear over their lives. This is just, I want to, I'm just being honest with you. I want to grab them by the scruff of the neck and say, Didn't you just hear what the Lord spoke? Amen. I want to tell you, Jehoshaphat might have feared at the beginning, but when he heard about what the Lord had to say about his situation, it dispelled fear. So that enabled them to go out to the battle to worship. And they begin to sing praise ye the Lord. For his mercy endureth forever and ever. And you know what that did? That confused their enemy. Can I tell you your praise will confuse the enemy. They, oh, because the enemy doesn't understand praise like that. Can I even go a step further? The angels in heaven don't even understand praise like that. They don't understand what it's like to have a migraine headache and still be able to praise him through it. They said the angels don't understand what it's like to be diagnosed with cancer, but I can still praise him anyhow through it. Oh, they don't understand. They don't understand how old brother Joel could lose everything, could lose everything in one day's time and say, oh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And can I tell you, your praise will confuse your enemy. 
Because as soon as they started praising, as soon as they started worshiping, all of a sudden their enemies begin to get confounded. Can I tell you, when you understand what the word has to say about your situation, and you begin to praise him, even when you don't see it, even when the answer hasn't come around, all of a sudden the enemy begins to say, oh my goodness, what happened? Now why in the world are they praising God like that? Why are they praising God like that? He said, I'll tell you why they praise me. Because they know who I am. And they know what I can do. And even though they can uh, oh. And in that one moment, I'm almost done here. In that one moment, their enemy was confused and confounded. And by the time they got there, the enemy had already been defeated. This is what the Lord spoke to me last night right before I laid down. And I wrote it in the margin of my Bible. You may feel like that you're in a battle. You may feel like that you're in the valley fighting a battle, but I want to tell you right now, the valley that you're fighting this battle is going to become, it will no longer be a valley of battle, but it's going to be a valley of blessing. Oh, I wish somebody would just run around. Your, your valley of battle is getting ready to turn into a valley of blessing. I'm telling my goodness, I feel that all over me. Your valley of battle is getting ready to become a valley of blessing. You're going to show up. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. You may have to face it, but you don't have to fight it. You may have to face it, but you don't have to fight it. Why? Because the battle is not yours. It never was yours to begin with. Okay, thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, <laughs> uh, Pastor Tony. Uh, the, the, the things that we're asking God for and the things that we're looking at that don't at times just don't make sense concerning the church and what and, and, and what have you, we may have to face it. But it's not up for us to fight it. Because it's uh, okay. because it because it was never our battle to begin with. Because the battle belongs to the battle belongs to the Lord. Uh, Brother Johnny, uh, Brother Johnny, I want to tell you that you, you may have to face the sickness, but you don't have to fight the sickness because the sickness is not your battle to fight. Because the sickness has already been won. The battle for your for your healing has already been won at the cross at Calvary. And we may not see it yet, but I want to tell you it is coming. Because, oh, because the just shall live by their faith. Oh, I want to tell you right now that the valley of battles that we are walking in right now are getting ready to turn into a valley of blessing. And the spoils are going to be left for the children of God to pick up and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. If you believe it, stand to your feet and worship him. Oh. oh, yes. 
Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He told all the Mahashotororoboshikarabe. He told all I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, Harvest time, don't you worry. I know that sounds simplistic, but that's just what I hear the Spirit of the Lord say. Don't you worry. I've taken care of this church from the very beginning. I'll take care of it now. And what I've done before is what I'm going to do now. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I declare over this house tonight, and I declare to whoever's watching my Facebook and whoever's watching this, because I believe that this is a global message. But I want to tell somebody that showers of blessing are on the way. God's getting ready to rain down showers of blessing. If you'll send up, if you'll send up the praise, God will send down the blessing. My God, if you'll send up the praise, God will send down the blessing. If you're watching my Facebook right now tonight, I, I want to talk to somebody that may be watching this here, either tonight or at some point. I want to tell somebody that's watching at home right now, you feel like that you're in a battle. You feel like that all hell is coming against you and you don't see a way out. But if right now in your home where you're at, if you'll send up the praise, I promise you God will send down the deliverance. God will send down the blessing. I want to tell Harvest Time, you send up the Oh, oh, All right, thank you, Holy Ghost. I just heard the. I feel like I just heard the Holy Ghost say, "I want this house to turn up the volume on their worship." I'm not talking about style. I'm not talking about style. I'm not talking about any of that. Okay, here we go. I know we've got people that are watching uh, that, that come to church here and stuff. I, I, I don't want any, I don't want anybody to get mad at me. I don't want anybody. I don't want anybody to. I don't want anybody. I, I, I don't want anybody to misunderstand. Understand my heart. If you get if, if you're offended, if you're getting ready to be offended by what I'm getting ready to say, then we can talk it out afterwards. I want to talk to the people on the stage. I want to talk to the people sitting in the pew. Okay, here we go. Up here on this platform, if you're up here on this platform, you ought to look like that you have the joy of the Lord in your life. Lift up a hand every now and then and worship. Oh, listen, don't be so glued to a screen that you can't lift up your hands and if the Holy Spirit of God moves upon you that you can't shout and cut a shindig every now and then. Listen, it's not about whether or not if you hit the right notes correctly. It's not, it's not about whether or not if you sing it on key like you're supposed to. That's all well and good, and you ought to strive for excellence and all of that. But more, more often than not, what we need is we need some people that are worshiping in spirit and in truth. Lift up your hands. Shout out to God with a voice of triumph. Can I talk to the people sitting in the pew right now? There are some people that are sitting in the pew that haven't gotten up to worship God one time in almost four years since I've been here. And I tell you, I hear the Holy Spirit say, turn up the volume on your worship. Turn up the dial on your worship. If you begin to praise, if you quit sitting back, listen, I'm not trying to be 
me. But if you quit sitting back like a dollar along and say, God, if you can move me, move me. But I want to tell you, if you move when you don't even feel like it, when you don't even see it, when you don't even sense it, and say, God, I don't understand it, but I'll praise him anyhow. Watch what God will do. I love you. I'm not trying to do I believe, I believe that I heard the Holy Spirit of God. We need to crank it up on our worship. Watch what God will do. Oh, watch what God will do because I believe that while we do that, while we do that, your battle, your battle that you're fighting, the battle will become a battle. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We hope you enjoyed today's message by Evangelist Jeremy Cook. If you would like more information regarding New Season Ministry, to schedule Jeremy to minister at your event, or to support the ministry with a love gift, please contact us at 859 404 or you may email him at pastorjeremycook at gmail.com. God bless, and we will see you next time on New Season Ministry. Mm-hmm.